0: very exciting weekend for american soccer fans whether that be mls or the americans abroad this is the sbi show i am garrett cleverly as always my counterpart is ivis gularsep what's up dude
1: doing pretty well garrett how you doing
0: I- i'm doing pretty good this morning dude i we had a we had a good mother's day yesterday and uh we capped the night off with some steak sandwiches last night dude so uh, i'm doing pretty good this morning you know
1: yeah it was definitely a good uh, good day to to get some food uh cooking on the on the grill i at the nice barbecue over here at the uh, at the Galarcep Compound, and it was, uh, it was a good times. So, although, although I'm feeling it today, because you know how it is when you have a little, just a little too much meat after a barbecue. No,
0: no I, don't, I don't know what you mean. What does that mean, Ivis? <laughs> I think you do know what I mean. <laughs> um, well, today we have a uh, an awesome show lined up today. We have a guest today. I think, what, first time in about, I don't know, four months that we have a guest on this show. We're going to talk to uh, Tim Howard. Also, Ivis and I are going to break down all the MLS action that was this weekend, very, very, very fun weekend, very, uh, very exciting weekend. Lots, lots to talk about, especially from this weekend. Uh, Quickly before we get into that, though, Ivis, let's look at the Americans abroad. Great weekend, great weekend overall for the Americans abroad. Clint Dempsey getting the start for Tottenham, scoring a goal. If you if you haven't seen his goal, you have to watch it. It's, it's, I don't know how to explain it. And then he assisted uh, later in the game to Adebayor. Uh, Tottenham get the victory right there. Very important for them to keep their Champions League alive. And uh, I think everyone today should be vo- uh, cheering against Arsenal in their game.
1: Oh, Absolutely. It comes down to, you know, for Arsenal, they they can't drop points uh, in their last two games because if they do, it definitely opens the door for, for Tottenham to win. Um, Arsenal has two games left, and obviously tomorrow is the game. Uh, a lot of people are going to be watching because you're talking about Wigan coming off of their amazing FA Cup win, uh, going into a match that they have to they have to win. They have to win both their matches mm-hmm. uh, to avoid relegation. So you know you you wonder you know you figure Wigan's going to come in uh confident but at the same time tired uh, off of that FA cup but you know Arsenal you know Arsenal in the past has has been known to drop points and 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 suffer you know disappointing results so if you're if you're a Tottenham fan if you're a Clint Dempsey fan and you're not an Arsenal fan you kind of have to root for Wigan on Tuesday
0: well Wigan you know obviously has to look in their chops here with a couple teams losing and plus uh we didn't mention this uh Roger Espinosa uh, I think, first player ever, right, to win the, the U.S. Open Cup and FA Cup, ever?
1: Uh, actually, no. He's uh, not? Freddie Lumberg was, uh, was the f- first or the one that people can remember. Because, I mean, obviously, both tournaments are 100 years old. So you don't know if, if uh, you know, some Englishman mm-hmm. won an FA Cup 50 years ago and then moved to the U.S. and, and you know, played for some team. Uh, the re- As far as I can tell, no one's been able to find um, a record of of a, of a player other than, um, Freddie Lumberg, who obviously won with Arsenal and also with the Seattle Sounders. Mm-hmm. Well, but no, one, uh, no one's ever done it in less than a year. Yeah. You think about Roger Espinosa, eight months apart, he, he, went, he starts and wins U.S. Open Cup with Sporting in Kansas City and starts and wins the FA Cup. And he was, uh, you know, for me, he was one of the best players for Wigan. He was definitely, you know, he played a big part in that game for them.
0: Yeah, he did. Uh in other uh of Broad news, Claire, Clarence Goodson, who we all know best from House Hunters International, uh scored his <laughs> scored his first goal of the season.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's <laughs> timely for him, you know, cuz obviously the the whole center back uh, debate heading in the in the qualifying, you know, you wonder where he stands. Obviously, he had that great game in the snow, but then he came up injured and he, and he missed the uh the Mexico game and and opened the door for Matt Beisler who who actually also happens to be injured right now. So, uh, you know, Good it, it, Goodson, it's good timing for him because, uh, you know, I think he's going to have a part to play. He'll definitely, for me, I think he'll be on the team, on the U.S. team here in qualifying. So, uh, you know, I'm sure Jürgen Klinsmann's happy to see him get on the board.
0: Very cool news. Steve Strangelo is now the all-time leader uh, for Hanover in Bundesliga games. This is not starts. This is just games that he's played in at 299. And, uh, I mean, what an accomplishment, one, for him and for an American player to to have that longevity at a club where, where they can achieve that this, this record in, in history, you know?
1: Oh, without a doubt, you know, that it's, uh, it's a benchmark, uh, you know, having a player, having an American player make his mark on a club the way that, that Trundle has, um, it, you know, when you think about it, like you, you really think, you think about all the, the American players that have gone overseas, and the, I just don't think there's been a player that personified a, a singular club uh, the way that Trundle has at Hanover, and you know, they you talk about almost 300 appearances, um, you know there's been players who've had really good long runs with teams obviously tim howard at everton and and you know friedel had, had a had a spell at uh black i believe it was blackburn before he was at villa Aston villa uh actually <laughs> friedel bounced around quite a bit but uh they, you know thinking about one american at one place for that long i mean it's definitely something to tip your hat to and, and he's not done yet i mean he's uh, I think he's going to still be there for a few more years. I don't know if he gets the 400, but I mean it's it's pretty positive signs, and the fact that he's playing, and, and he's going to be, as I've said before, I think he's going to be still important in this summer's games. Um, you know, 2014 is 2014. That's still a year away. Who knows what happens between now and then. But I think for right now, for this summer, Steve Trinlo, Steve Trunlos still has to be playing a key role for the U.S.
0: And uh, staying in Germany, we have to drop down a division. Uh, Alfredo Morales, he uh, scored his uh, his first goal of the season. And Hertha Berlin is going to get uh, promoted back up again to the Bundesliga. And uh, this is a team that's been up and down the last couple years, you know, from from the 8 season where they finished fourth and were in the Champions League. So... This team's up and down the last couple years, and obviously that's important for him to be back in the Bundesliga to get, obviously, better playing experience. And for a player like John Anthony Brooks, who, who's who been a fixture for this team this year. He's, he's played the most for most of the defenders on his team, most appearances at 28. So, you know, you have two young Americans back up in the Bundesliga playing against better talent. Obviously, this is good.
1: Well, obviously, John Anthony Brooks, uh, you know, he, it, we're still waiting to get the final word on him playing for the U.S., I know uh, there were reports that came out that where Tab Ramos su- suggested that he's leaning towards the U.S., uh, but as of right now, we don't know. Um, but it's still positive. Obviously, he- he's had a great year for them, a real breakout season uh, for them, and-, and I think he's still going to, you know, play a key role when they get promoted and, and they're playing in the Bundesliga next year. Mm-hmm. As, far as, Mor- as far as Morales goes, I- I'm curious to see where he fits in there for them because obviously he didn't play uh that much all year uh and then toward the end obviously they you know they they clinched the league uh they clin- clinched bundesliga two pretty early um so he's had a chance now in these games to to kind of you know showcase himself and you just wonder what if whether hertha is showcasing him because they want to see what he can do and have them be a key part of the team next year or they're showcasing him potentially to move him um, so i mean obviously the u.s uh, U.S. coaching staff, uh, you know Jurgen Klinsmann and, and the like have, have, have kept tabs on him. They like his versatility, his quality. I mean, he's a player that hey, the, I hate to bring it up, but if he had been on the U.S. under-23 team, if Hertha Berlin had released him, I mean, maybe we're talking a completely different story and we're talking about the U.S. and the Olympics. I mean, he, he's that, he was that impressive a player on the U-23s. I mean, anyone that saw the U.S. beat Mexico before Olympic qualifying... Um, that you know, a lot of the same Mexico players that ended up you know doing well in the, doing so well in the Olympics uh, saw de Morales just play out just be an outstanding player for them. So he's someone that U.S. fans should definitely keep an eye on. He just needs to go somewhere next year that he where he's going to get some playing time.
0: Something maybe similar to like a Terrence Boyd type of thing situation.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's not quite the same because obviously Boyd was in a situation where he was on a team like Dortmund. And and the chances for him to get playing time were just non pretty much non existent um, at that point. I, th- I don't know if it's completely unrealistic to think Morales can't still be in the picture for Hertha and kind of be a squad player there. But you know, that, it's going to be up to him. Does he stay with Hertha, or does he or does he go somewhere where he can be a regular player?
0: Ivis, uh let's uh, let's let's stop all this talk. Let's head out to England. Let's welcome in Everton's starting keeper, Tim Howard. Tim, how you doing today? I'm great, thanks. Uh yesterday was the uh final home game uh for your manager, David Moyes. Uh you know, what were the what were the emotions like yesterday? Well it was very emotional.
2: Um, obviously with the build up it was kind of like a like a fairy tale really. Um the last home game obviously the people of Everton, uh they, they love David Moyes. And it was a it was a sad day really. It was it was special um, that we were able to honor him and see him out with the an amazing performance, arguably one of our best performances of the season. Um, a win, goals, a clean sheet, and everyone's happy. Uh, but in the end, it's a sad day. It's uh, you know, it's a changing of the guard, so to speak, and, and it's never easy. Um, and we're, we're certainly going to miss. Now,
1: now you. Uh... You know, we talked about this last summer about the possibility of it, and it's something that you've 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 dealt with for a little while now. The, the possibility that he would leave. What, what makes him such a such a good manager, such a special manager? And, and can you talk about just when you came to Everton? Like, what, what was your kind of impression of him when you first made the move there?
2: Yeah, he was. What makes him such a good manager is he. He doesn't take any days off. He doesn't take any hours off. You know he he's demanding and i don't mean that in a sense where every now and again he just raises his voice he's demanding on a daily basis whether it's a soft spoken word or whether it's you know a real a real loud talking to, talking to um for lack of a better phrase you know he he's, he demands excellence every single day every single play he doesn't let guys um take plays off take days off you know maybe you're not having a great training session. He doesn't brush it aside. He, he stays on top of you, and he's done that for every day for seven years. You know, probably for longer than that, because you know, before I I went there. Um, <clears throat> but the the greatest thing about him is he, he's been so true to his word. When I first met him, uh, you know, when I was at United and there was a prospect of of me going to, him, I I met him uh, for lunch, and you know, everything he said to me that day. It's still true today. Everything that he promised, everything that he said it was going to be like, it was all of it and more. Um, and so that,
1: that's really special that his word means so much. Now, now you know, obviously he's, he's big shoes to fill there at Man United. It seems like one of the kind of questions I guess some people have is, is whether he can manage the egos uh, of a locker room at a club that big. Uh, what do you think about that idea? And, and do you think it, I mean? Is it does? I don't get the sense that you have those kind of doubts. Do you think he, he'll he'll handle that pretty well?
2: Yeah, I don't have those doubts because I know the man. But you know, they're they're fair questions, right? Um, you now the, the the king, the ruler who has been there for so long, everybody you know bowed down to Ferguson and rightfully so, as they should. And now that he leaves, the next guy comes in. You know, Howard. How are the kids going to act? Right, that's that's the question, and and it's it's a it's a it's a genuine question uh, because there are massive egos. That's what you get at any any big team, any big club, no matter what sport, um, no matter country. <clears throat> but as I said, uh, you know David Moyes is a take no prisoners kind of guy. You know, and he doesn't he doesn't play play games either. So um, I don't think he'll have any problems dealing with ego.
0: Tim, you've uh, had the distinction of. Uh being a, in, a, in a very select few where you've actually now had a chance to play for both of these managers, what, what's the difference between both of these managers that that you've seen?
2: Um, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of differences, a lot of similarities. You know, um, that a lot of people like to paint them as carbon copies of one another, but they're not. They, they've got that fiery Scottish blood, you know, and and they let it, and, and let it be shown um, when when need be but they're they're both their own individuals, you know, and they coach in different styles. And, um, you know, I've I've had the good fortune of, of playing for both. And, um, you know, as I said, I think David Moyes for particularly cause he's a lot younger, is more hands-on, you know, or, or certainly that I noticed. And, um, that's just his way that that's the only way that he knows how to, how to manage is he doesn't do it from afar. He does it, you know, right there in the thick of it, uh, making sure every stone has been turned over and, You know,
1: he leaves nothing to chance. Right, just just having had a chance to kind of meet him when I was out there a couple years ago, uh, David Moyes. My my impression of him was he's a real intense guy. Like he, he, he's obviously a nice guy, but but just, just there's just kind of an air about him of of a real serious, intense guy. You can definitely get a sense that when he wants to get serious and 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 command attention, he does it in an instant. as far as personalities go, I mean, are, uh, how different are they? I mean, are they? Because uh, I mean, Ferguson has that reputation of being kind of the, with the hairdryer and the angry guy. But I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've been around him and seen him be like the most, you know, fun-loving guy, kind of just laugh, having a laugh sure. and all that. Sure. So I mean, is is there is is it where Moyes is kind of just more even keeled and just keeps that kind of serious tone?
2: Well, I'm not, <clears throat> I've found i found with with both of the managers, you, you know, you certainly. You cross them at at your own peril. You know it's it's a it's a dangerous game to play. You don't want to cross either of them. But um, you know, in my in my dealings, I think Ferguson in general likes to just be more jovial and kind of loose. Whereas I feel like David Moyes has always been um, a bit more serious. Uh, you know, a lot less joking. <laughs> he has a he has a joke, of course, every now and again, but a lot less of it, you know, certainly more serious. Um, and the more he's been at Everton, the more his stature has grown. He just, he has a very, very commanding presence.
1: Uh, one of the other people who, who was at Goodison, Goodison yesterday was uh, Tim Cahill, who obviously, yeah. you know, a longtime teammate of yours, and, and, and now he's in your old stomping grounds in New York. Um, and, he's—he's he's, you know, he's doing really well, actually. And uh, early on, he, he wasn't finding the net, but still playing great. You know, does all the other things that he does. Um sure. It, it. I mean, did you kind of have? A, did you kind of get a sense that that he would do well here? I mean, because I know we, when we talked about it, you, you, it didn't sound like you had any worries. Like you thought he'd do pretty well, fit fit in well on MLS.
2: Yeah, no, I I didn't have I didn't have any doubts about him. You know, I I, I Tim's a, Tim's a guy. He's a warrior. You know, he was he was he was our he was the heartbeat <clears throat> for us. You know, he he took the fight to the other teams and um, along with a few other guys were really the catalyst for, for a lot of the intensity that we brought to the field. Um, you know, MLS is, you know, if you're a big name player, uh, you know, and you get signed to a to a DP contract or whatever it is, you, you know, the, it's not a magic formula. It, it, the talent's there. You have to go in there and you have to give an effort and you have to act like you care. You have to genuinely be committed to the team that you go to. It's been the same since I was playing there as a teenager, you know? So, I knew I knew that
1: Tim had that about him. Right, it's funny, it's funny you mentioned that. You just made me think of it because what, one of the things that stood, that has stood out uh, being around the Red Bulls and him at the Red Bulls is, is how much he he jumped right into kind of tr- being a leader on the team uh, and being someone who talks to every player, the young you know brings the young players to his house and and, and all that. I mean, he's really embraced that role. Um, and and now you've kind of reminded me of, of, of we're going back a ways now. Uh, Lothar Mateus, when he came to New York, you remember, I mean, it it seemed like he didn't kind of maybe have that same approach to it. Um, How important is that to, you know, if you're going to be that big player to to kind of embrace the team, embrace that whole, that whole environment?
2: Well, there's a laundry list of foreign players who had been, you know, coming to the the league and thought it was going to be a cakewalk and, uh, and and didn't take it seriously enough. And I think, like I said, I think that's, that's important. You know, if, if, if You got all that experience, and and you and you have that big name, and and um, you go into a team of, of with a lot of young young guys. You know they they have an expectation of you, and and it's important that you you, you uphold that reputation of of who you are, what you're about, because um, then then it's all for nothing. You know then you had this really great stellar career and uh, played in a lot of places and big games, and if you don't stand up to the height, then it doesn't it doesn't carry a lot of weight. You know,
1: it, it, you know not. It's been thirteen years now, so maybe, maybe the, it, the the time is statute of limitations run out on it. But did you get did did you get that sense from Lothar when he was in New York that, that he wasn't taking it seriously? That because uh, it seemed like early on he didn't, but then at the end of that year, that two thousand year, he bought in and he really started to play. And you guys, I mean, you guys played some, like serious soccer at the end of that two thousand season. Yeah.
2: Well, what gave you that impression that he went to San in Trope- the middle of the season? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think he clearly gave that impression, you know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, toward the tail end of of it, he showed his worth. But I think there's I think there's a lot more than that. I think there's character there's involved. And yeah, he's a good player. So when he wanted to turn the faucet on, he could just turn it on, you know. But um, part of being successful as the club is having trust in, in in one another, you know. And if and that that's built over time, not just over the course of a few games or in a stretch of the playoffs, you know. That's why we didn't win a championship because you have to
1: have that chemistry. It's not just about playing good for a few games. Right. Uh, it, so as far as you, as far as yourself go, you, uh, you've been on a tear now since you came back from the uh, from the back injury. Uh, six shutouts in eight matches, and uh, you've only allowed three goals in uh, in the eight matches since you've been back. Obviously, when you got hurt, everyone was kind of worried about it. When they hear broken bones in your back, that just sounds yeah. bad. But uh, it yeah. seems like it seems like the time off maybe uh, maybe helped you a bit uh, as far as just kind of you know recharging the batteries. As have you have you gotten that sense?
2: Yeah, I think uh, I've been saying when you to talk to FIFA about a winter break, um, I think it helps any player when you get some time off. You know, I didn't want it, uh, like it, I didn't enjoy it, but um, it just get it gave me a renewed sense of urgency confidence, just kind of getting the back healthy it scared me you know to hear that I had a broken back I knew something was wrong it didn't uh something didn't feel right and you know once I got the diagnosis and they told me how long I'd be out uh, you know i just tried I tried to buy my time but also I wanted to get back and yeah it, it, it the rest helped, it rejuvenated me you know um the course of the season I'd certainly play at the highest level in Europe and then you go with the national team you're playing year-round constantly and you're not missing games and you're you're, you're counted on, you have to do a lot and that's great. That's a lot of responsibility and uh, I enjoy that. But at the same time, you know, rest is is equal parts, um, you know, in in terms of success. So, uh, it was good. You know, in hindsight, it was good for me.
0: Uh, Tim, uh, the season ends for you this weekend, but boom, right after that, the U.S. Men's National Team kicks back up again. You guys have a huge summer. Yeah. Uh, you know these next few games in this month. You know, how, you know, big summer for you guys. You know, what are you guys gonna have to do? You know, to get through this summer and to get into a good position. To, you know, to move on and, and be in a good position in July. Well, uh, it's you know, it's it's huge for us. I think
2: you know the, the exciting part is, I think there's nine points on offer. You know, uh, probably over the course of when do we play Jamaica on the seventh or something like that. And then we finish up in Salt Lake on the 18th. So within, within two weeks, there's nine points on offer. And that doesn't happen very often because if you look at how the fixtures are, it's, they're spread out over months and months. So, um, it takes time to accumulate points, but if we can go on a tear and we can really put together some good performances, there's some points to be had there, uh, to allow us to create separation in the table. So I think the main focus when you're together over, over the course of such a, a long period of time, which we are uh, this summer, is it, just the morale and the and the and the mental focus um, of the player. I think when you come in for one fixture or two fixtures, it's quick; everyone can really zone in. But when you're together for a long time, there's outside influences and all that stuff. So, I think it'll be key for for us senior players to kind of make sure the group is uh, lighthearted, feeling fresh, um, you know, mentally not too drained. Just kind of excited about about the games and 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 what's what's there for us. And I think the performances that will take care of themselves.
1: Uh, and tim how how tough was it uh, to watch those games in March for you? I mean, obviously you, you, you've been you had had played in, in every big game for several years. How tough was it? And also, uh, what impressed you about those games? Obviously, two two big results in March in the, in in qualifying. What, what impressed you? And who impressed you?
2: Yeah, I think you know, I think the hard the hard part. But watching such important games is, you know, I realize what's at stake. You know, so it's, I'm, I'm just—it's hard to will the guys through the television. You know, to try and get these results, but they were—they were incredible. Just the, the grit and determination they—they they showed. You know, um, Costa Rica did a lot of complaining about the snow, but there was eleven guys in you know, in U.S. jerseys that had to deal with the same conditions, and I, I just thought we—it it was just. Uh, a sense of urgency about the game and, uh, and and the commitment that the guys showed with all the you know the nonsense that went on with with newspaper reports and all all that that week. I really thought they just it was a very mature performance. And then you know having to go down to a tech on the back of that, um, you know that was that was all about character, man. It was it was about heart. just guys, again, pulling together as we do. I think that's that's our mo. And uh, putting in just awesome, solid performances, and it was exciting to watch. Hard, but exciting.
0: Hey, Tim, when, you, when you're watching that snow game, was there a part of you that was like, "Man, I wish I was out there"? That looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Not one bit. Um,
2: <laughs> I used to like playing in the Thanksgiving Day tournaments when I was a kid because there was nothing riding on it. But those games, you know, I think the one, the one thing that stood out for me in that game was, yeah, you know, because of the conditions, it's like the great equalizer. You know, on a day we were probably a better team, but when you see those conditions you just start thinking oh my god you know anything can happen here and you're just hoping fingers crossed that like someone doesn't slip or you know what i mean something crazy because um with with crazy blizzard conditions like that it, you know it's anyone's guess
1: now, now one of one of the players that uh that stood out uh, obviously was brad uh, guzan he had, he had two solid games there uh having ha- having a great year at, at villa what have, you, what have you thought just about his season and uh, and about now having some competition uh, for the number one spot, and also, what, what did it mean to you to have kind of Jurgen come out and and pretty much let it be known that you are still the number one?
2: Well, there's a, there's a lot there in the question. I think Brad's had a fantastic season through through some really difficult circumstances. Being down at the bottom the whole year um, is not easy mentally, and uh, you know I think Brad played fantastic all of it. You know, he, he really he was a strong leader for his team. Um put in some really good performances uh, and i've I've told them so you know in terms of having competition now i think um, i think the in particular the u s media can't have it both ways i've been saying for a long time uh, i've had competition um and i said i've had some some stiff competition, particularly from Brad and everyone everybody wanted to poo-poo it now they're jumping on the guzan bandwagon and i don't i, I don't think you can have it both ways i've been on the the Guzan bandwagon for quite a while and, and I know how good he is. And I've had that pressure uh, of him breathing down my back for the better part of a few years. Um, so again, uh, there's people talking about there's pressure now there's always been pressure, you know, so nothing's changed. Um Jurgens the manager. He comes out and says um, what he needs to say. It's so any, any player, I uh, was a, a, a vote of confidence from the manager, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't need that. I know exactly where I stand. There's nothing that, um, you know, no, there's not something I needed to hear. You know, I've had a fantastic season. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade my season for for anyone else's. You know, not uh, well. Maybe if Peter checks or, or <laughs> David De Gea, but you know, I think uh, the numbers speak for themselves, and I think when you stack them up, um, it, it lets you know right where I stand.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's interesting is, uh, you know, when people think about competitions and 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 people battling for positions people assume players kind of don't want that or, or don't want to have someone to kind of push them uh, i can think of a you know a player the, the an older u.s player now who you know i had a conversation with i won't say who it is and they pretty much said you know let's get some young players coming up the pipeline like you know to to, to give us some options and uh, is is that kind? Of, is it kind of is that kind of a way that you look at it on from a national team standpoint? That you kind of want that you want some guys that are coming up and that are pushing you and that can give options to the team.
2: I think it's important for the team to have have competition so the team has options. As far as as far as I'm concerned, though, I've, I've never felt pressure from another goalkeeper. I think that's weak minded. You know, my my own standards are, are, are high enough to where if I live up to them every day, that's enough pressure. You know, I, I think it's. As I said, I think it's weak-minded to, to 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 say that. Oh, now that I have someone uh, breathing down my back, I'm going to work harder. That that sounds that sounds silly. Um, and I've never bought into that. I've never felt pressure from another goalkeeper because um, I, I I know I know how hard I work. I, you know, in, in in 15 years as a professional, I can count on one hand how many days of training I missed. You know, so it's not it's not something that I worry about. But as from a team standpoint, you need you need depth at every position because there's injuries, there's yellow cards, there's suspensions, there's back-to-back games where guys can't play every minute, so it's important.
1: Now, now before we get into the Knicks, because you know we're, we have to talk about the New York mm-hmm. Knicks, you are a New York Knicks fan. We, we need you to explain yeah. what's going on with your team. Uh, I can't forget; I have to ask because uh, you know with with Moy's leaving, there's obviously it's kind of natural. People are going to ask. What's your status? What's your, you know, what's next for you? Are you going to stay at Everton? Are you going to go? Where, where do you stand right now as far as that goes? Obviously, you have a contract. Is it fair to say you're you're staying you're staying there? You're not you're not going anywhere, or is or is it kind of up in the air?
2: No, no, I'm, I'm at Everton. I'm contracted at Everton for the next three years. I love it here. I'm playing. I've, I've argued, arguably the best football of my career, and I have done for a few years. So, you no, know, there's no need for me to go anywhere else. I love it. I've always said I loved it.
0: Well, uh, Tim, like like I just said, the Knicks. What's going on with them?
2: Oh no, man! I, you know, I uh, I was excited that it felt like they brought in some. It was, got some some grit and some teeth, and it was a throwback to the era when I grew up. You know, um, that's kind of rock and sock and basketball. Don't come in the paint, or you're going to get some. And, and that, that was really good. And obviously, we had Carmelo win the scoring title and Jarron Smith. Six men a year and all that. You know, I just there's going to be a lot of firepower, but at the moment it's a bit of a sputter. Having said that, you know I don't think you I don't think you win a championship without, without a little bit of adversity. So I know we're we're a ways we're a away, away from championship, but still, you know, if we can pull this series out, then I'll be excited. Are,
1: are you? Uh, have you looked at the schedule? And, and have you? Is there any chance we'll see you courtside at a game before you go to uh, LA for the US camp? Is that is there any way that works for you? Uh,
2: no, I've got a, a date with my daughter for her birthday, so I've got about I've got about a day and a half to uh, spend at home. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll watch it on TV. I'll take them, I'll take the kids to Buffalo Wild Wings or something <laughs> and watch some games on TV. Um, but no, I wish I could. That would be. That would be a dream come true. Uh, but no, just a couple of days and then and then back to work.
1: How old is how are gonna be? Six.
2: She's six uh, this week.
1: Time
0: flies.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's the boss.
0: <laughs> well uh well Tim, uh thank you so much, man, for uh for joining us today. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. Uh good luck this weekend and uh good luck with the US men's national team camp.
2: Thanks. Uh for seeing you guys, man.
0: Ivis, good stuff there with Tim Howard, you know, I love talking different sports with him. Last time we talked Giants, this time we talked Knicks. Maybe we'll get some uh, some baseball or hockey in next time.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, man. Tim Tim's uh, you know, he he's a big sports fan. He he likes a variety of sports and you you, you definitely wonder, you know, if not for soccer, you know, what what he might have done if he might have gotten into other sports. I know he was a very good uh, basketball player uh in high school and and could have you know I, I don't know how how far he could have taken it but i know he was very good there uh and he obviously loves every, every other sport like, like most i feel like most american so- uh, soccer players uh are into other sports almost more than soccer as far as from from a fan standpoint
0: i mean do you think that's because some of these guys now playing pro they didn't have you know soccer on tv every single day like we have now Right.
1: Yeah. Of course. I mean, obviously, this the new generation coming up now uh, has yeah. had that luxury, uh, and for that reason, I think are probably a lot more plugged into international soccer and soccer in general than than you know the older kind of you know twenty five thirty and up generation was. What are you trying to say, Ivis? Uh, you're not. You're not a kid anymore, man. You're moving <laughs> up. You and uh, you know, I think twenty five. Once you're twenty
0: five, me, me me and me and Team U twenty six, right?
1: <laughs> it's. I think it's you. 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 Twenty four. That those, those are kids. After that, you're in the senior <laughs> league. You're, you're moving, moving up.
0: Uh, thanks, Ivys. I appreciate that. Um, as we said earlier in the show, tons of MLS action this weekend. Uh, lo- lots of interesting storylines. Lots of uh, interesting developments. Uh, first game that was just spectacular last night was the Sporting Kansas City Houston Dynamo game. Sporting Kansas City and Houston Dynamos. Uh, home record at, uh, I think it was 36 games, and then Ryan Collin who had the big blunder last week comes through uh, in this game right there, and uh, for Sporting Kansas, I mean, actually, you know what, for all MLS fans, it was an exciting game to watch. It was just a good game between two really good teams.
1: It was a real battle. I mean, it really, it almost had kind of a playoff feel to it, you know, the, the, those kind of playoff knockout matches where, where neither team wants to give, give an inch and nobody's really opening up uh, you know those teams know each other so well. They, they they've you know faced off now uh, multiple years in the playoffs, uh, along with the games in the regular season. So you know they, they, there's definitely some tension there. Uh, when you're sporting free, sporting KC, I mean that is such a big win. I mean not only the not just not just the three points. It goes beyond that because I mean you're talking about beating an opponent, uh, a conference rival that's been kind of the the boogeyman team. For them, I mean, they've knocked them out of the playoffs the last two years, uh, and, and so for sporting KC, I mean, that just means so much. Not only to beat Houston, mm-hmm. but to beat them in Houston, uh, and, and you know, the first team to do that in, in 36 games. Um, and as much as it was pretty even game, I mean, KC didn't exactly like dominate or anything like that. It was even game, but th- there's definitely something to be said for the ment- the value from a mental standpoint. Uh, I mean, just think about, like, the U.S. Uh, against Mexico. You know, they, they go and beat uh, Mexico in a friendly in Azteca, but at least they get that kind of in the bank, you know, mm-hmm. that, that that feeling of beating them in Azteca. And obviously, the U.S. didn't win in Azteca in the qualifier in March, but they played with a different attitude, I felt. Uh, they weren't scared, and, and as much as Mexican fans will, com- will cr- complain about the U.S. parking the bus and all that, the fact is the U.S., you know, they 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 played with confidence there, and... And they got a result. And now if you're KC, you know, next time you play Houston, there, there's a little bit less of a kind of uncertainty or, or or, feeling like, you know, we just never beat these guys because no. now they have. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Houston responds next time these teams meet.
0: Yeah, and uh, I mean, Peter Ramirez praised this team for, you know, how, you know right, I mean, how hard they fought in this game. And, and I think for Sporting Kansas City, too, it, it, when you look at the recent results, you know, you talked about that just to have that good in their head. I mean, they, they, you know, before going into this game, I mean, they only had one win in the last four games, and, and to, I think, get this victory here over the Houston Dynamo, now they can go in, uh, I mean, they, they're playing Houston Dynamo again in two weeks from now, and, and I think this is, you know, a good step for them to, to get back on their feet before they play D.C. United again this weekend, just just to get this victory and get back to the winning ways after they've kind of, you know, uh, kicked the tires, I guess. They,
1: they, they have had a few hiccups the last couple of weeks, and uh, but I mean, anyone that you know—if you look at that team, you look at that roster. I mean, you know they're going to be there in the end. You know they're going to be one of the top teams in the East. Uh, you know they've had some issues. You know Matt Beastler's missed a few games, and and they've got Kai Kamara coming back now from England. He he's he's back. So mm-hmm. now you know Peter Vermees has to kind of integrate him in. Um, good problems to have if you're if you're KC that you have so much depth now. Uh, so much talent on that team. I mean, look at the bench last night for that game for Kansas City. Big game against a, a, t- a top rival, and they had uh, you know they had uh, Kai Kamara, CJ Sapong, Benny Failhaber, Chance Myers on the bench. And I mean, let's face it, all four of those guys are starters for for a lot of teams, uh, and and they've started most games for KC. But it just shows you the the, the depth that KC has and the confidence that Peter Burmeister has in his bench, and and it's important for. For teams to to get games for their their other you know to for for their bench guys because it, it just helps develop depth and, and I think Vermees is doing a pretty good job of that.
0: Uh, when you talk about teams that are going to be there at the end, Seattle Sounders have come back and pretty much announced the league that yes they are they are indeed back and a force to be reckoned with. They spanked San Jose four to zero. Uh, Lamar Nagel had two goals and looked outstanding in that game and then Obafemi Martins adds salt to the wound and scores and stoppage time for them and for Seattle Ivis I mean you talk about a complete game a stellar performance and they're unbeaten since March 30th and this is the team that you know you keep talking about all season long that that this is a team that that was your preseason pick to you know to win to win the title
1: they they're looking they got that look you know I mean it's early it's still May and A lot of things need to be worked out there, but I mean, they've you know they are all they are back. You know, they they are they are looking like the team that people thought they could be. Uh, You know, I picked them obviously to win it all, Uh, and I still you know even when they were struggling, you know, I still felt you know with the injuries that they had, Eddie Johnson being out, Obofemi Martins you know being hurt, uh, you you couldn't really take the struggles, early struggles with you know you had to kind of take them with a grain of salt because there's just too much talent there. Siggy Schmidt has been around the block too many times. He's going to figure these things out. And now the team is rolling. Uh, and they're still not even, you know, not everyone's at 100% either yet. I mean, Obafemi Martin's still working his way back. Steve Zakawani's in a bit of a, a slumper or, you know, not dealing, you know, dealing with whatever it is he's dealing with. He's not quite there all the way. So they're not even at full, full strength yet. But still, you see, you know, Eddie Johnson's back. Marrozzalis outstanding game, looking like the, the the star that you you know you hope he is, uh, and Lamar Nagel, you know a guy who they were able to to bring back, um, showing the qualities that made him such a fan favorite uh, in, in his previous time with Seattle. So the Sounders are looking really good, and it's scary to think that you know guys like uh, Zakawani and Mario yeah. Martinez aren't even oh, you no. know at the top of their game right now, uh, if and when all those guys kind of hit their stride i mean they, they're they're gonna absolutely be a, t- a tough team to stop
0: uh seattle over the last 11 games has, I mean, i'm sorry i'm sorry over the last five games has picked up 11 points and then you look at their counterpart san jose who's been kind of dealing with some adversity this year you talk about suspensions and some injuries and just like that their season just is kind of really starting to take a take a tailspin i mean what what do you make of this team right here ivis
1: I don't know if I use the word tailspin, but I mean, I just think they're going they're, down. They're, they're, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, I don't know. I, I, I'd say it. You know, that last year was such a dream season for them. They got every result they could possibly want. I mean, in terms of just coming back so many times and having everything go their way and scoring these stoppage time winners over and over. Uh, but it, you know, you have to after at a certain point you're looking at you're looking at these games and you're looking at the soccer that they play for. For the first 70 80 minutes and it's it had no it wasn't always you know top level supporter shield caliber soccer and after at a certain point you know those stirring comebacks are are not going to come as often as they they were coming last year so uh, you know obviously they had some injury issues and, um, early in the season you can't you can't ignore that um, but I, I think it's fair to say even when they have their full complement of players, they're just it's just going to be impossible for them to to keep that that level that they had last year as far as from a results standpoint. You know, they just mm-hmm. they, they played over their heads uh, and it was a dream season. You give them all the credit. They made their own luck. They, they found a way to keep scoring those goals. But but at a certain point, that's just not you can't keep that going. I mean, look at DC United, as we talked about in the last show, DC United, they, they you know, they showed so much heart at the end of last year. Grinding out results and and, and it, getting get, getting three points at, at a time, even in games where they just weren't necessarily playing that great. At a certain point, though, the quality of play that you you play at it, it, it's you know it's going to come back to haunt you if you're kind of overachieving. And I think San Jose overachieved last year. Uh, that's not to say they're, they're a terrible team or a bad team. I just think anyone that thought they would do it again was probably just a little unrealistic. Uh,
0: Portland like
1: Seattle, all over their
0: opponent. They scored three goals against Chivas USA, defeated them. Uh, poor poor Patrick McClain, uh, the goalkeeper, in for Dan Kennedy, who is suspension. I mean, he was under duress literally all game long. Portland just hungry, did a great job keeping possession. And uh, you talk about some performances in there. I mean, Rodney Wallace looked outstanding. Will Johnson scored late for them. And, and, then, and then, you know, there's that little controversy late in the game with the ball boy and uh, Mario De Luna gets a yellow card, kind of a, you know, a game that had it all, I guess you could say, Ivis. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and then, obviously, El with rocking the, the, the pink, the pink uh, oh, sweater. First, have, that, you, have you been watching? Mother's Day, the Mother's
0: Day uh, homage. Have you been which... watching the, the, that, that, that uh, documentary on him? The thing on MLS, course, like the behind-the-scenes? Oh, honestly, my God. Yeah, it yeah. is, it is. that has been Outstanding. Outstanding. He is quite a character. Oh my gosh. Some of the stuff he says, I just like
1: Oh, the whole thing about cherries and Oh and, my god. You know, okay, back 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 to the game. Uh, <laughs> the Timbers, hey, they are rolling right now. And and I said it coming, you know, coming into this game, um, you know, last show I said, you know, this was a game that was definitely set up for them to just kill it and and, and have and really the, for them to flex their muscles. And, and they had to do it. You know, you're facing a team that's struggling that doesn't have Dan Kennedy you need to put them away, and they did it and and, and it 's uh, you know doesn't it 's just it 's still just three points, but it 's a ste- another step in the progress progression of this team, and they 're still not there yet they 're still not as good as they can be, but they're they 're heading in a good direction they 're heading in the right direction uh, and and the the encouraging thing if you 're a timbers fan is, is to have a a team that that 's showing some continuity now that you know you 're settling in into seeing. The same guys working together, and 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 that is so important for a team, for players to, to get to know each other, get familiar with each other's tendencies, and and, uh, and 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 I feel like people just kind of, you know, forget that sometimes that it's not easy to, to bring in players and have them click from day one. I mean, obviously, Will Johnson's a new player, mm-hmm. Ronnie Wallace is uh, Ryan Johnson is a new player, Ronnie Wallace is playing in a new position, uh, Diego Valeri is a new player, uh, and so the fact that they've been able to Put it together in, in a few months here. Uh, it's pretty impressive. you got to give Caleb Porter a lot of credit uh, for, for constructing this squad and have it click so early. Um, as far as Chivas goes, they're just a flat out mess. Um, I mean, they you know they trade one Agudelo, and, and you know you say what you want from a business standpoint. you can understand Godello's leaving at the end, end of the year. he's not going to resign, so they get some value while they can but well, basically what that does is is uh you know it th- it throws away this season or it's a step towards that it's a step towards saying you know we're we're playing for next year already and it's may so i mean i i i was you know from that standpoint you ask yourself what is going on there you know the the fact that the manager didn't even know that that was going on whether it's true or not i mean it seems true i mean just listening to his interviews it sounds like it's true but uh Chivas, if you're a Chiefs USA fan, you have to throw your hands up and say, "What in the heck is going on here?" A month ago, they looked like everything was great. Uh, they're going to shock the world, and then now we're back to reality, and it's not it's not looking good right now for the goats.
0: Well, I, I want to look at uh, Portland real quickly. If also, I want to I want to point something out that that really I've seen now back to back weeks is goalkeepers starting goals. We saw it last week uh, with Nick Ramondo. Uh, when he kicked the ball up, and uh, we also like scored. I I'm blanking on who who they uh, who they defeated last week. Um, I think it was Vancouver they defeated last week. I mean, oh, yeah. Nick Ramondo played a ball up, and and then we saw again this week with Donovan Ricketts. I I mean, outstanding play by him. If there's any like young kids that listen to the show and your goalkeeper, you can still contribute on goals. Portland's first goal was created on Donovan Ricketts when he threw the ball. So I just want to point out that that out that having you know a veteran guy like that back there is is helpful for a team. When you look at Portland, Ivis, you're definitely seeing the Caleb Porter effect. And one of the players who's really ben benefiting from this was Rodney Wallace. I mean, you were talking about about him, I noticed, on Twitter during the game. What have you seen out of him that, that's really just impressed you the most this season? I mean, has, is it just being in a in a new system with a new manager, or, or is he doing something different?
1: Well, I think it boils down to Caleb Porter putting him in a position to to succeed, putting him in a position... To maximize his qualities, and you know, coming into the league, he was a player who was very good at getting forward and 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 attacking. And he's very athletic; he can cover a lot of ground. Um, and but the, the thing is, uh, uh, you know, he had been penciled in as a fullback, and, and at times he struggled there because the, you know, from a defensive standpoint, he's not uh, he's not the strongest defender. But the qualities getting forward is what is what you liked uh, from him, and what Caleb Porter has basically done and said, look we know how good you can be getting forward how you can how good you can be in transition in the final third we're going to put you up up high up the field and let you put pressure on on defenses and and cover the cover the wings from an attacking starting point and and he's just absolutely flourished in that role um and been for my money as of right now if the season ended right now he's he's the most improved player in the league uh just going from last year to this year so he you know he th- he's a big Big piece to that puzzle right now, uh, and he's not the only one. That, that I mean, Ryan Johnson's doing really well there. I mean, I I, I think people, I think his reputation wasn't uh, as good as it should be, uh, but now he's really had a chance to show the qualities that he has, and and the reason the Timbers went out and traded for him. And I know there were people who were scratching their heads at the time of that trade asking, you know, why are we, you know, trading a high draft pick for this guy who really hasn't killed it at any point in his career. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Caleb Porter obviously saw the qualities that he could bring to his system, and he's fitting in perfectly there. Uh,
0: and it's a very surprising game. I, I don't think many people had this, maybe except for these their fans, but Vancouver defeats LA Galaxy 3-1, to um, and then all of a sudden you get quite a performance from Tybert who scores two goals in the game and his confidence was brilliant. And then Darren Maddox scores at the end right there. Um, Vancouver just, they just played much better. And then, and then he also had an Omar Gonzalez moment in the, uh, in the, in the 36th minute when he almost had an own goal. Um, Vancouver, they had a very good game.
1: They did. I mean, you have to give it to them. Uh, they hadn't, um, they hadn't won in seven games. I believe they hadn't won since early March. Um, but they they put it together, and and the crazy part is, you know, when when uh, early in that game, Daigo Kobayashi gets injured, and he comes mm-hmm. out in the thirteenth minute, and you're looking at that match, and you think, oh, they're they're done. I mean, their playmakers getting is hurt. They're they're, they're you know, how are they going to match up against the Galaxy? And what happens? Russell Tiber comes on and and just provides a great spark for them. Even oh, yeah. before he scored the goals in the second half, he 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 gave them just some real energy, some real quality there. Uh, as for the Galaxy, I mean, obviously they're dealing with injuries still. That you know, they, they're no Keane, Robbie, no Robbie Keane, uh, no Todd Donovan. Uh, you know, so they, they're not 100. percent But that's still no excuse. They still had had enough talent to get a result, and and they've had that same level of talent and gotten results. But uh, you know, I just think it caught up. It caught up to them. You know, not having having that um, having Robbie Keane there, they're a different team obviously when he's there. Um, so the, it's a lesson learned. You know, obviously a lot of young players for for the Galaxy uh I oh, yeah. wouldn't go worrying about them just yet as if they're not going to be one of the top teams at the end.
0: In the galaxy like they do all season, they just stick some rookie out there and, he, and you know, he'll, he'll just score a goal, you know? Well, hey, Jesse's <laughs> artist and I, I I hey, I talked him up last week. I said I said this kid
1: he, you know, watch out this he is going to be in the he, if he gets his, you know, now that he's back and he's 100% he can put himself in a rookie of the year composition, uh, conversation down the road because he is that good. He's arguably, for well, for my money, the most talented rookie coming in this year. And obviously, he got sidelined by the foot injury, so that kept him out for a few a few months. But now he is back, and and he is going to force his way into that lineup. Uh, and once he gets, once you can actually put him alongside a Robbie Keane, and and playing around a Donovan and a McGee. Uh, I tell you what man this kid is gonna put up some numbers
0: um but I don't know man I, with la I just the de- the defending was just really atrocious in this game and they really need to fix that up I mean Russell Tybert his second goal that he scored he didn't really do anything special I mean he played a ball into the box Kofi with his back to the net. Passed it back inside the 18, and Tybert just followed up on the pass that he had. And you had guys ball-watching. Mike McGee was Uh, ball-watching. Then you also had the rookie, uh, Greg Cochran. uh, I probably butchered that last name. He was also ball-watching right there. The the Galaxy need to do a little bit of a job, better job defending, because it's not like Tybert did anything. I mean, he found space. He did what you're supposed to do, find space. But the Galaxy, they could have prevented those goals. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, I mean you can say that about almost any goal you know that some defender could have done better the galaxy you know todd dunneman is one of the top left backs in the league and he and so there's going to be a drop off. It's from from a top a top all-star caliber left back to a rookie you know second round pick left back so yeah uh in fairness just- cochran's been good i mean he's had some good games for them but when you're talking about a rookie, you're going to have that. You're going to have yeah. up ups and downs, and and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go worry about. It. But I do agree. I mean, the rest of the Galaxy defense needs to step it up, and then they need to keep you know put things together and and, and not have so many lapses. That that is you can definitely say that. But I would say once you have Donovan back there, mm. you have the, the that back four their best back four. Oh yeah, it, it, I think it's a different conversation.
0: Oh, I mean, the, yeah, the Galaxy they, they just yeah right. They need I'm not saying they're bad. They just need to step it up. Well, when you talk about ball watching. Uh, I mean that was definitely evident in the uh, Chicago Fire versus Philadelphia Union game. Union get a goal on an extremely quick start. Jack McInerney, uh, fabulous heads up play from him. He now has seven goals on the season, and uh, the Union. It's just it's. I mean they're a fun team to watch because because you don't know what they're going to be like every weekend, and they're and they're creating a lot of chances when you when you watch them play. So uh, I'm I'm enjoying the Union season so far, was they're getting
1: it done. I mean, it, it, the the stat that that stood out to me, and I was kind of just picking around things and, and and checking out their their season is that that win is their third road win of the season, which is the, as many as they had all of last year. I mean, it just shows you uh, that's that's maturity. That's that's a that's a team that has grown up. Uh, they're not all the way there yet. They're still going to have some growing pains, but the fact that they've been able to rack up that many points on the road and considering how, how bad they were last year on the road. I mean, it it, it just shows you that they're heading in a good direction and for them to put a, sh- I mean, all right, let's for anyone who didn't watch the game, the fire had, they should have scored bulk of the chances. <laughs> well, you can say that a bulk of the chances, very good chances. Um, and Zach McMath had an outstanding game. He was brought for me the best goalkeeper, best goalkeeper performance of the weekend. And, uh, if you're the fire, I mean, that is such a tough loss because you've come away feeling like we were the better team. We created more chances. We had more of the ball. We put them on their heels most of the game. Mm-hmm. And we come away with zero. We come away with not even a goal, not a point, not a win, nothing. Um, so that's a tough one. That's a gut punch. Um, but for the union, you have to come away ec- ecstatic because you know you, you didn't play your best game. You're playing with a makeshift uh, back line where Amobi Okugo was the only member of the back four playing in his n- usual position. Uh, Ray Gaddis moved to right back. for suspended, Shannon Williams, mm-hmm. Baki Sumari steps in at center back for for the injured Jeff Park, and then Gabe <laughs> Farfan.
0: <laughs> What's that? What? Well, I'm laughing because um, I mean he only played one game last year because of the injury, and he makes his season debut, and 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 then like late in the game, I I can't remember which fire. Which fire player knocks on his butt, but I mean, he might get suspended, do you think? I mean, do you think he might get one or two games for that? Well that's yeah, why I'm you know, laughing. I mean I mean, congratulations, you asked for a trade. You get, you, you get to make your season debut, and, and that's what you do, and you might now have to miss your next two games I, you know what, I just I laughed I laughed.
1: What, well all right look, he, he number one, he had a really good game, uh, considering he hadn't played all year. Uh, hadn't played since the one game he played last year. You, you know, you figure the guy's going to be rusty and he showed that sometimes, but he made a lot of big plays as for that, uh, altercation or whatever. The, the collision with Quincy Amorequa <laughs> who went down, uh, like he got killed. That, that's something the disciplinary committee is going to look at. I'm sure they're going to look at it. Um, uh, is he going to get suspended? I think he could, I don't know if he necessarily will. Um, because I mean, I, I watched the replay a few times, and, and when you just watch it once, it definitely looks bad. Um, it's not something he should have done, but I, I don't know if he gets. I, I think he'll get. You know what? I think he could get one game. I don't know if he gets two games.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just it's, yeah. Um, for the fire though, like you said, it's just Naco. I mean, you talk about opportunities. He should have put a couple in. And Frank Copas was after the game was like, he he, he really just it up. He's like, I'm just scratching my head. He's like, I, I don't know what to do at this point with with that with this team. If they can't finish their chances against a team like the Union that had a depleted back line, it's just going to be tough for the fire. Um, yeah. We all saw Lake uh, had a lead twice over Montreal, but Montreal came back twice in this game, got the victory late, 3-2 to two over RSL, and, uh, I mean, this was another fun and exciting game and very impressive from Montreal, and especially uh, Matteo Ferrari, who... Had an own goal early in the game, scored the winning goal late, and uh, Montreal. This this is just what we've seen. That's different between them and last year's version versus this year is they don't go away easy. They they fight, they compete, and they have a lot of character.
1: Well, I mean, anyone that remembers last year, second half of the season, they were a very good team when they started. When they added, you know, Mark DiBiaggio mm-hmm. and some of the other pieces, the t- that in- that impact team that finished the year was a good team, and and. Mm-hmm. I think Terry Henry actually called them like the best. He thought they were the best team in the league last year, mm-hmm. uh, which I mean, maybe it's a stretch, but you could understand why he thought that based on what he saw last year at the end of the year. Uh, they're a good team. They're a veteran team. They're not going to quit. Um, you know, They, they, they just have a, a bit of a kind of that veteran swagger to them as mm-hmm. a group that they're going to fight to the end every single game. Um, to be fair, they, they definitely got the, the benefit of a, of a blown call on the DeVaio goal. He was offside. I don't care what anyone else says. I know that there there were some questions, but, you know, you watch the replay. He was definitely offside. It was a missed call, and, that, and then that turned the tide. Mm-hmm. These things happen. You have to respond. Salt Lake uh, had that game. They had oh, that yeah. game, and and then they let up, and, uh, you know, they, they can look at them. They have to blame themselves because they had chances to put that game out of reach, and they didn't do it, and uh, it came back to bite them. So, if you're Montreal, I mean you're feeling really good right now. They are one of the best teams in the league right now. Um that lost to New York at midweek, you know, aside, you know, they 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 look really strong. Um when they have their full squad out there. And that's the thing too like you know, they they beat Salt Lake, they they rallied to beat them and they, they were missing some players. I mean, obviously Nesta wasn't there, uh Pisanu, Peponi, Davy Arnaud. Um so, you know, they 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 were missing a couple players, and they still put together a pretty solid performance. And that Eastern Conference, I'll tell you what, oh. man, the top of the East between Houston, Casey, Montreal, and you have to put the Red Bulls in there for now. And then Philly. What are you talking you know, about? Philly's... Well, of course
0: you have to put the Red Bulls in there. They're first place in the East.
1: Well, they've also played, you know, several more games. Details,
0: there, so. Ivis, details. Right, right. Come on.
1: So man. it's a great race, and, and I think... I don't think you hear anyone talking about the uh, about how much better the West is than the East anymore.
0: It, it's true. When you look at the standings, it's it's crazy to see all those teams and how it's 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 very tight in the East. Um, but for also like you're right, Joel Plata came on in the 85th minute and had an opportunity. Literally like three seconds later, a one v one. He should have scored, um, and Beckerman. Hey, first goal of the season for him. He cleaned up some garbage on a, cor- on, a on a corner. And Davio, like you said, six goals on the season already surpassed last year's total of five for him. He's having a, a very good year. And uh, you know, these it was just it was an entertaining game between two teams that should make the playoffs.
1: No, they'll be there. They'll be at the they'll be there at the end for sure. Uh, you do wonder how their depth is, is going to hold up. Uh, th- though you, you can definitely look at this game as an example of of a great opportunity for some of the bench players to get some minutes and, and to kind of develop that depth. I still wonder, though, as an older team, how they're going to hold up at the end.
0: Uh, in the rest of the league action, uh, Colorado defeated the crew. They had Colorado had two opportunities in that game, capitalized on both of them. Dallas defeated D.C. 2-1 uh, to one in that game. Well, Ivis, uh, as we wrap up the show here, you know uh i think we i think we covered everything in soccer is there anything that uh, that i missed or you missed that you know we need to talk about uh
1: trying to think trying to think um well obviously the the european season is wrapping up mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's been a great great season um when you think about Josie Altador winning the dutch cup and scoring 31 oh, yeah. goals he didn't score this weekend in his last game but it's still an unbelievable season for them michael Bradley's going to play in copa Tally final uh here in a couple weeks um so I'll tell you what folks, it is going to be a busy summer. Uh so this next week or two is going to you know it might be there might be a downtime a bit as the season's wrap up, but before you know it, the US national team is going to be in full swing oh, yeah, no. playing a bunch of games and uh you between them and the U20 World Cup with the U20 national team and then all and then the Gold Cup. I mean, it's going to be a crazy summer. So I I would tell everyone to save your money, start saving up your money cuz I'm pretty sure, wherever you are there's a good chance there's going to be a US game nearby soon.
0: Uh I'm trying to think the closest one to me is in Salt Lake on June 18th. I might have to go to that game. Oh, you have to, man. You have to are, are you going to go?
1: I'm debating it. I'm I, I think I was, I'm leaning toward it cuz I was going to go to LA Road trip, part dude. of the US training camp, but I'm not going there we now could, so we now could now do a road to look trip at that Salt Lake game.
0: No, let's, let's do a road trip and then we'll go to a bar up there and you know we'll do the show from a bar. We could have like, you know, like an appearance and you know, all, all fun stuff. You know, think about that.
1: that. That sounds like a good idea, except for I might have to bring beer from Jersey because we know the, the beer in Utah is not as strong as the beer in other parts of the country.
0: What are you talking about? I'm sure they have strong beer in Utah. Well, you know, well, the, I think there's like a limit to the alcohol oh, really?
1: like having the beer there. It's like a I, I, quick story for you. Uh, my first time out there, I go, you know, I go out there to cover, uh-huh. I think, the, the first game at their stadium at the opening of Rio Tinto. This is in 08. So after the match, I'm at a hotel with some friends. Uh, Martin Rogers was there uh, from Yahoo, me and him. We had a case of beer, and I'm, you know, writing away, and I'm, you know, I'm having a couple beers, I'll say it. And I, I'm sitting here, like, at the end of writing my story, thinking, man, I wrote a good story. And, I, and I'm like, oh, I must be drunk. I, I must be drunk. But I'm not. Because, and then it took me a while to realize, like, yeah, the, the beer there is like, it's like drinking water.
0: Really? So they don't sell like uh, any ales or I mean, or, or like I don't know what the rules there?
1: are. I, I'm not an expert. I haven't been to have soul like in a while, but I, I'll be I'll be bringing the customary bottle of Jack in the, uh, in the luggage
0: for this trip. Find me a game of flip cup and I'll get you drunk in about 10 minutes.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm sure you use that line all the time.
0: Uh, you know, I'm trying to think. I don't think I've ever used that line on a girl. Maybe, maybe back in my youth at ASU when I was reckless. <laughs> uh oh! Back in the back you know, in the back
1: people are gonna start googling. You back might, you might back in the
0: good days, right back in the good days, Ivis. Um, well, uh, <laughs> that wraps up the show today, man. Um, obviously, want to thank Tim Howard for joining us. it Was a pleasure having him on, Ivis. You have a uh, have a good rest of the week. Enjoy the uh, soccer action and boo Arsenal. Remember, everyone, boo Arsenal. Why are we rooting against Arsenal? Because we don't want them to win, so Tottenham can get oh, Champions League right. spot. That's Come on, Ivis. Right. Well, Hey,
1: you know that we have Arsenal fans. I know. I'm gonna get for to the that. show. I know. They're gonna can't be like, oh, they're gonna be like,
0: yeah, they're gonna be like, uh, uh, Okay, take a number. All right, <laughs> Ivis. That wraps up the show today. Have a good week, man. You too. All right, dude. Well, thank you everyone for listening. As always, Ivis, and I appreciate when you give us excellent reviews on iTunes. Thank you for listening. This is the SBI show.